1: And we'll keep monitoring the situation in St. Paul. Big law enforcement response. Laura reporting what we know so far about an officer apparently shot in the leg uh, on the way to the hospital. Some of the initial reports. So we're, we're tracking it. This is like the Marshall Cretan Avenue area. Big uh, police tape in that area. Understandably from some of the reports we're seeing posted on X from news reporters out the scene. Uh, you know. It's a reminder that no matter what you're going out on as a law enforcement officer, it's potentially dangerous. It just is so many guns out there and so many people with no fear when it comes to taking action uh, to try to protect their own freedom. Right. They know they they know they've broken the law. And so given the choice. They shoot. It's disgusting. It's outrageous. But it is a reminder of the sacrifice and the heroism of of law enforcement officers and their family. And it's something that we never forget here. But I think it's easy to take for granted. So we appreciate what those officers are out there doing. And we're, we're hoping and praying for this uh, St. Paul officer. Uh, and we'll have the latest for you. Laura's working on it. We have a reporter on the way, so we'll keep you updated all Afternoon here on Drive Time. It's Jason. It's nice to be with you. Uh, I missed you yesterday uh, and I'll miss you tomorrow. I have taken the December approach of taking every Friday off. And I can tell you my bosses appreciate it. And so I think that is why they have decided to either not have a holiday party or not invite me to a party. I'm not sure. Dan, were you invited to a corporate holiday party?
2: I was not that I can recall. Okay. I'm probably not the best person to ask for reasons you're well aware of.
1: The Star Tribune today is reporting that corporate holiday parties are back. And I really wanted your input on corporate holiday parties because I think there are two kinds of people in the world. The nice, kind, friendly people who enjoy hanging out with their workers and then then cook. Then there's cook. Corporate holiday parties. Does your company do it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? 651-461-9226. Like most people in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, we have watched the holiday party change. All the Christmas parties that I used to attend in my younger days. Very HR inappropriate events. Way too much drinking. Way too much flirting with people who are not your spouse. Not me, Cook. I didn't say anything. Holiday parties were legendary. Legendary for their debauchery.
2: I mean, I've heard that. But, you know, they went away pretty quickly when I started working here. So I never experienced that. Working
1: for a broadcast entity. Now, KSTP, Channel 5, Hubbard's legendary Christmas party. Okay. CCO TV, we used to have Christmas parties. And you would see the general manager just absolutely blitzed. Mm. That seems fraught with peril. Wonderful. It was wonderful we all had a good time <laughs> uh in today's climate part of me thinks that holiday parties are a risk not worth taking if i owned a company i would be hesitant i'll be honest as an employee i like it i do i i don't think we should have a monthly party i don't think we need like I know companies are trying to bring people back to the workplace. I don't know that having an ice cream social is really what people want. They want a pay raise. They want someone to pay for their daycare. And they want their parking to be free. Uh None of those things involve bringing a food truck to the company. No. That's not what people want. No. That said, TV used to do two parties. One was a company party. And, of course, at first it was employees and a plus one. And then it was, well, cut back on the plus one. So it was just employees. But they also did a party for
2: families hmm.
1: where you could bring your kids to Mall of, Mall of America is where it was most of the time. Makes sense. And you got, like, unlimited rides for, like, two hours or something. Santa came. Sure. I just thought it was the nicest thing because they didn't have to do it. Right. Do you want your company? Oh, Chad's bringing me a card? Chad, that's so nice. Chad walks in. No, you left it by the refrigerator. What do you think's in here? It just says Jason on the card. Mm. Is this an invitation? Is this my termination? Thank you, it says. Dear Jason, thank you so much for entertaining Minnesota every afternoon. Aww. Sign you're, Minnesota. You're, <laughs> <laughs> we believe that it's high time one of the snow plows is named after oh. you.
2: All right. Here that? we go. Right well, should I have looked? looked? It,
1: it's an envelope no, addressed to Jason. Should I have look? Looked? No, of course not. I did not. not. What What would it take to have drive time... Start at noon. <laughs> right in this. Ah, well, you know. Isn't wow. that nice? Signed, wow. Jeff Gonsil. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. All right, you- sorry. Thank you. If we had a company party, Chad would be there. Yeah. I would be there. Right. You would be yeah. a... no show.
2: <laughs> I would game. not be there.
1: One time a year, mm-hmm. what is it about the company party that you say, no thanks?
2: It's not anything specific to the company party, uh, per se it's an extra work gathering any kind of extra work gathering yeah, yeah. to me uh, I come here to work and and I, I love to get along with people right I love to have good collegial relationships with people and you do uh, my socializing is kept to a minimum yeah because of my introversion uh, and I don't honestly it's not anything personal with anybody right but I don't feel like spending social time at work I get that and that's, that's I get you company yeah it, to me that's just more time to spend with people work.
1: 651-461-9226. If your company has a Christmas party, are you going? Are you excited about it or are you nervous about it? I was interested and somewhat surprised to see in the Star Tribune the report that corporate parties are back. Uh, this story by D.D. Pass in the Star Tribune says business boosters and event planners across the Twin Cities say more corporations are restoring event budgets and partying hard this holiday season and beyond. It is a market change for the mass cancellations and not this year mindset that accompanied the COVID wave. At least for one night, it can feel like the old days again. I think it's very interesting, like Ecolab, Ryan country, companies, two big Corporations, one based in St. Paul, one based in Minneapolis. Both did big blowouts. Ecolab had 750 people at the depot here in Minneapolis. Ryan had 800 people at this Western Wonderland-themed party in Brooklyn Center. Now, I think as an employee, some people run this calculus of like, Would I rather have 50 bucks extra in my paycheck or would I have the company party? Maybe that's a question you guys could respond to at 651-461-9226. 50 bucks or the company party. What do you take? I would take the company party. A hundred bucks versus the company party. I would still take the company party. Two hundred bucks. Now I'm thinking about it.
2: Five bucks versus the (laughs) Halloween Christmas party.
1: If you got five bucks, you would have been you would be offended at how cheap the company is. It would be better for you to get zero
2: dollars. That's true. uh, but if it was framed in, you know, would you rather have a hundred company (laughs) company party or five dollars, I'd take the five bucks.
1: All right, text in, call in with your answers. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Fifty bucks or the company party. I love a company party. I like hanging out with the people. I like I like feeling like we're in it together. I like bellyaching about the, well, whoever doesn't show up. I mean, that's how you do it. I like all of that. I like when some low level brand new salesperson comes up to me and is like, and what do you do here? I like all of those things. Fifty bucks of the party, six five one, four six one, nine two two six. Drive time with the Russia, deck. No one has exact figures, but holiday and company events are believed to inject millions into city economies every year, said the spokesperson for Meet Minneapolis. Is your company doing it? And would you take 50 bucks instead of going to the party? What would you prefer? The par- I would take the party. Cook would take 50 bucks. No questions asked. I'd take 50 cents. One texture, I'd take $5 over the company Christmas party. Let's talk to Phil in Apple Valley. Phil, 50 bucks for the company party. Which way are you going?
2: Well, to Russia, I want to say happy holidays. To you. I haven't called in in a while. Well, thank you. I've been really super busy. So what would I do? I would take both. <laughs> I like here's it. Here's the deal.
3: Yeah. No, because here's, here's the deal. My company, it's the only time they get to feed you. And I tell my uh, my other employees that work there, my
0: coworkers, I say, why why avoid it? I go, just go up there, eat their food, and go home. You know. Right. Yes, they're go, giving a, you something a, for. It's a, f- yes. It's a. I tell them it's a free meal.
1: Dan, what do you say to that? Phil Phil is saying it no. is a free meal. No. When have you been known to turn
2: down a free meal? When it comes with a company holiday party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... I usually
0: go back for seconds. Right? <laughs> and I know so somebody come, will, maybe. so then it all evens out. It's fine. Uh, I could tell, I I tell you more, but my boss could be
2: listening right now and if he right. thinks Phil from, Phil from Woodbury or Phil from <laughs> Apple Valley, he's going to know who it is.
1: Back in the day, Phil, they they were definitely more of a drunken fest, you know? I mean, and I think that I it, it. that's some of the concern, right? Like, if you don't like that vibe. I happen to like that vibe. It's fine.
3: Well, I think at my company, I don't think they want to serve alcohol on the company property cuz then if someone leaves or they might be liable, you know? Oh,
1: true. True.
0: We served alcohol and now look at these people had a bad accident.
1: Yeah. You can't have that. Makes sense. Thanks Phil. Thanks for the call 651 461 the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Another Texter votes for the company party. Gives you a chance to get to know your co-workers outside of the work environment.
2: It's nice. Which is, it? if that's something you desire, great. Yeah. Not everybody does. The challenge is
1: that as long as the company doesn't care if people come or don't, then you're fine.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: So my wife just flew to Chicago to go to her department's company party. And at first, she wasn't going to do it. And then her boss decided to retire. And so Alyssa decided to go so she could say goodbye to her boss. Sure. But, you know, they had, they had people in that department who flew, you know, a lot of people work remotely and people flew in. For them, it was a
2: good chance to get to know each other. Is that, I mean, is that honestly something that's kind of a newer factor now that has to be kind of factored into this whole idea? Yeah, you have have so so many many people that are working remotely that this is an opportunity to actually get people in the same room.
1: And I do think that that is, you know, that's more the rarity, right? Like the white-collar world where you're, you're working remotely, it for sure is a factor. You have to figure out, you know, I have a friend who's a bartender who does like corporate, Uh, classes for people. And so some companies do that where like they'll send like everybody in the department gets a little kit, a little cocktail kit. And then you log on to zoom and do this cocktail class together. You
2: know, I mean, that's, I, 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 they're, they're trying to figure it out. Right. How do you, what else do you do? Let me say this. we like to joke about my introversion and me, you know, being completely averse to going to holiday parties or any kind of extra work gathering. But I will say this. If I was working remote, yeah. which I'm not allowed right. to do in my job, right. and that's fine. But let's say that's the case. So you and I aren't in, in the same room virtually ever. Right. Per se, in this hypothetical. And I'm not in the room with which other producers. Which could be possible. I could move to Florida. Right. I mean, it could be a thing. But, you, but, you know, I'm not in the same room as other producers. Maybe I'm not in the right. same room as other hosts. Right. Okay. Now, if it's a chance to it's maybe to you know, Because physical presence, I, I am a big believer, physical presence does mean something. There is something to that that cannot be replicated via computers. Hmm. So in that case, would I attend a holiday party? I'd be much more likely in that case to attend the holiday party. makes sense. But I'm around you people all the time. I don't need it anymore.
1: I'm good. Uh, One texter says, we have a company party. Alcohol is served. Everyone gets two drink tickets. Said, I do drink wine, but never at the company party. I would much prefer a $50 Target gift card and to stay home on the couch with my dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this time where more people are working remotely, where we are more disconnected from each other than ever before, the idea of gathering together is good. And even if you don't want to do like a lot of the regular kind of forced fun stuff that companies are doing, which I get, because as a worker, again, most of us are like all of this stuff you guys are coming up with. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. This does not solve any of our issues. Nope. I do find a warm spot in my heart for the company Christmas party. (laughs) One a year. One day a year of forced fun.
2: Okay. I
1: I think it's fine. I
2: think it's fine, too, as long as I get to opt out. Yeah.
1: I I love your commitment to this because it makes you—you are willing, in being fully honest— Yes, to really sound like a sad,
2: crabby yeah. jackass. Yeah, no, I I, I totally embrace that. That's how that can come <laughs> off. I completely get it, and I do my best to try to uh, try to explain where I'm coming from and why I, I'm coming from there. I do get and where you're coming. It, people from. either get it or they don't, and yeah. if they don't, that's fine. They can judge me. I no skin off my back. No, I'm good. But yeah, it just isn't. It just isn't my thing. Yeah, and to be fair to our company, yeah, they don't, they don't force it. They don't force it. They've been very, Boss has been very clear and very understanding about that. There's, you know, if you want to be here, be here. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. Yeah. That's up to you. I do think the
1: introverts of the world are really getting a little uppity. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) the introverts, (laughs) it's all all like, wow, we are introverts. You know what was better when introverts shut their mouths? That's what you're supposed to do as an introvert. (laughs) Stop with your yip, 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 I don't like company parties, blah, 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 I like working remote so I don't have to talk to Larry. Boo-hoo, I love the self-checkout so I don't have to talk to Barb who's working at the cash register. Introverts, your bit is shutting up. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that, introverts. All right. We are bringing you a conversation that we had with the mayor of St. Paul about two hours ago. And I say that because, you know, from following the news that there is a St. Paul police officer who reportedly was shot in the leg just within the last hour. So I just want you all in full transparency to understand that we talked to the mayor of St. Paul, Melvin Carter, before we knew about this, because otherwise, obviously, we would have talked to him. About it. The reason I wanted to reach out with him is that the city of St. Paul is doing something that I've never heard of any other city uh, uh, trying to do, and that is uh, wiping out medical debt for tens of thousands of low income St. Paul residents. We asked the mayor about uh, the new budget that was just passed and what uh, that is going to mean for the future of St. Paul. Mayor Carter, first of all, the the budget uh, was approved. You have a new city council, a lot of new members on the city council. You, You know, you don't necessarily know exactly where their heads are on some of this stuff. What what's your kind of emotion and feeling about things going through?
3: You know, I'm really excited about the uh, about the budget being passed yesterday. I think it's a really strong and responsible budget that balances forward-focused investments in people's lives and in community uh, with the type of just uh, financial discipline that has led to our perfect credit rating that we have right now as a city. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly excited about the medical debt uh, reset initiative. Uh, And I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to working with the new city council members. I I think, uh, by and large, uh, they share my approach to the city and my approach to the the role of government in our community and looking forward to the journey. The
1: idea on relieving medical debt, there were some critics at the front end of this who said, look, is this really the job of a city government to relieve medical debt of its residents? How, How do you respond to that?
3: You know, that's that's an interesting argument because I haven't heard anybody say, and you didn't say that you had either, I haven't heard anybody say this isn't a real need Hmm. or that doing this won't really help. I've just heard people say, hey, is that our job? And I don't ascribe to a model of leadership that identifies a problem and hopes somebody else is going to come and help kind of solve it. We know that we have residents who are suffering from medical debt. We know that outstanding medical debt stands in between people and the healthcare coverage coverage they deserve. We know some of those folks have children, and those children can't go to the doctor because they've got this kind of stress of medical debt hanging over their head. And we've also been through a global pandemic. We know that when our neighbors can't go to the doctor, we're less safe. I can't think of anything more important that we can do right now with that knowledge, especially with uh, COVID relief dollars, dollars that we got from the federal government, specifically for the purpose of helping our community recover uh, from the pandemic than making sure all of our residents have access uh, to go to the doctor. It's going to require some creativity. It's going to require some boldness. It's going to require some willingness to, to, to try new things. And at the end of the day, like I said, leadership isn't about kicking the can down the road or saying somebody else needs to solve these problems. Leadership is about saying, it's us. We're going to be responsible. We're going to help people today.
1: St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter with us. If you think about it, Mayor, it's a relatively small investment, right? For a a million bucks, you get to wipe out $110 million of medical debt. Like If I were mayor, I, I would take that. I would take that ride. I mean, why not, right?
3: It really is a no-brainer. And here's the the way I look at it. I tell folks all the time, you know, we mess up when we think a city is a a stack of buildings or a group of streets and roads and sidewalks. A city of a family of people, it's a group of people. And if you were to tell me for the Carter family, for the people who I love, for the faces that I see, the people who I know, if you were to tell me that if we can scrape together a million dollars, we can increase my family's net worth by $100 million, it'd be an absolute no-brainer. So if we care about each other, if we care about our community, this really is just that much of a no-brainer. It's a 100-to-1 proven model. Uh, it's not even experimental. The organization we're working with has done it all across the country to the tune of billions of dollars. It's what private sector companies do every single day, by buy debt for pennies on the dollar. Uh, it, it really is a no-brainer. Which is why, you know, the fact that it suddenly became so controversial in City Hall, uh, frankly, came as kind of a surprise to us, except for the fact that it's new. You know, we got to yeah. know that we're, we're going to have to do some new things.
1: You get that, though, where when people are looking at things and saying, look, like we are the city government. Our main job is to to provide basic services, make sure the snow gets cleared and the roads Uh, don't have giant car-swallowing potholes. Like, you get that. Uh, I guess, are you challenging this idea that that that's the only thing you can do? I mean, there are lots of great ideas that you probably don't have the budget to do or the expertise to do. It it is always a balancing act, isn't it?
3: You know, it's sometimes even just a trap because, you know, Mm -hmm. the biggest conversation we've had this year has been about the sales tax proposal that we passed uh, yeah. to help uh, add a billion dollars to public infrastructure funding over the next twenty years. Some of the same folks who are saying we should focus on focus on that instead were the ones who opposed the plan to tangibly uh, you know improve our streets. And so, yes, I'm saying that we can do both at once. But I think more over more than more than that, I'm saying, I think those aren't really the real arguments. You know, it's it's hard for me to believe that somebody who two months ago was saying we should say no to a billion dollars to fix our streets now thinks you know the most important thing we should do with this million dollars is fix our streets. This is about something other than that. And I think at the core, it's about it's it's not a disagreement over whether we should wipe away people's medical debt or not. It's a disagreement at the core of whether governance whether it's appropriate or inappropriate for government services to tangibly make everyday people's lives better. I say yes.
1: Mayor Melvin Carter from St. Paul uh, talking about the new plan in St. Paul, clearing medical debt. It'll be about 40,000 plus people that it'll wipe out uh, their medical debt. And these are low income people who have enough challenges in life. And it's not like the the city is just paying off the debt. You're paying this nonprofit, which buys the bad. It's the, the debt. It's sort of. That's right. Yeah. It's a process that's been playing out throughout. Uh, throughout the country in different ways. So pretty interesting stuff. Other things in the budget that you're really excited about in the coming year?
3: you know, I'm excited about the opportunity to invest in public safety. This budget continues our double down on infrastructure, continues our double down on public safety. And I'll tell you, it's, it's not something, you, you know, that, that's exciting in a reelection campaign. But one really important thing this budget does is uh, it shores up a lot of our uh, sort of central services needs. So there's a, a, a big investment in our human resources department uh, that I could nerd out with you about over drinks sometime. Uh, that, you know, like I said, isn't all that exciting on a public level, but it's important to everything else that we want to do from keeping our rec centers open to keeping, you know, firefighters on duty. Uh, and it gives us the opportunity to continue to double down. We're doing some really exciting stuff in our fire department, changing the models of how we respond to, to, to 911 calls, uh, reducing, we've reduced our response times to medic calls by, over, by, by just under a full minute. Uh, which you know sounds like a little bit of time to everybody who's uh, not experiencing a cardiac arrest right now, but a minute is a whole lot of time, and okay. so you know it gives us the opportunity to double down on some of those strategies as well. And to do all of that within the context of a 3.7 percent uh, property tax increase, uh, I think demonstrates, like I said, the financial discipline uh, that our, our our administration takes uh, takes takes really seriously. Uh, I, I have to say, this is this is a budget that I'm really proud of.
1: Mayor Melvin Carter, with us, Mayor, what, what, what's going on on Grand Avenue? We had the announcement that uh, Pottery Barn is closing over at Grand and Victoria. J.W. Hume, which is a uh, uh, was a St. Paul leather maker uh, dating mm-hmm. back more than a hundred years, they shut down uh, their entire operation, but they closed their Grand Avenue store. The other day, what what's you know business owners have been uh, speaking up more against kind of the tax burden in uh, in their view in the city of St. Paul. What what do you say as far as the the future of Grand Avenue?
3: You know, I, I think it's more than what's going on on Grand, or even more than what's going on in St. Paul. It's what's going on in the world, as just the, the way our consumer, uh, sh- you know, consumer habits have changed, uh, are are just globally speaking, uh, less about you know going down to the neighborhood, you know, uh, commercial corridor, and more about you know going to the living room and getting online, and that's made a really, really challenging marketplace. Uh, for these great, phenom- phenomenal uh, kind of spaces uh, like we're used to seeing on Grand Avenue. And so, you know, w- w- this, is, this is, I think, exactly the point that I'm trying to make as a community, as a city. We're going to have to continue to reinvent ourselves. We're, uh, you know, the, 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 you know while, while, while there are folks who kind of seem to always be focused on trying to get us back to the heyday of the 80s or the 90s or the 60s or whenever, you know, our point is always we've got to be pushing forward. We're going to have to, you know, prove our, our, our relevance tomorrow. In, in a way that's independent from, you know, what we were excited about 10, 20 years ago. And so I think that same thing is going to be true for Grand. Um, and, you know, the great thing is we've still got a, a, an enormous number of, you know, retailers, of, 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 uh, of, of entrepreneurs, of business folks, of investments, uh, of, of, of places on Grand uh, that are exciting places to be. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to think about just the, our, our ability through those spaces uh, to provide the type of experiences not just products, because people can go on the internet yeah, to get products. Yeah. Uh, we have to be a community about experiences, and Grand is actually really well poised to do that. Do, so you, do Seven, you have so any is, uh, do, the east side? Do you have any muscle sure.
1: in order to try to you know one one of my concerns in both of our cities in Minneapolis and Saint Paul is that you have uh, and it's not always out of state landlords, but it's often out of state landlords who have no incentive in their mind to make a deal on rent, uh, maybe Mm -hmm. creating an opportunity for a local business, and instead they would rather just have the storefront empty so on paper the value of their building is higher. Uh, It's sort of a crappy thing to do to a community, but I feel like we're seeing it both in Minneapolis and in St. Paul.
3: Well, and and Jason, this goes exactly right back to what I was saying is like, is this approach to economic development, this approach to the economic future of our community that's less about sort of paper values uh, and more about saying how do we help people accumulate wealth and how do we help people make money work for them? It's one of the things, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about pretty soon is, you know, part of our uh, strategy around cooperative ownership models. One of our goals is to say, how do we take some of these empty buildings and say, you know, the the the, 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 the woman who's been uh, renting a storefront in this building for 10 years, you know, she needs an opportunity to pool her money together with some of the other renters and buy it. The folks who have lived in some of the residential buildings uh, who are, have been struggling or who may have, you know, un- overdue maintenance, you know, how, how do we help low-income residents pool their money together and buy the building that they live in? Uh, so that's one of the things that we think can be a really Um, really intriguing part of our economic portfolio uh, leading into the future is this notion of cooperative ownership in ways that help us stabilize our tax base, uh, preserve jobs and housing opportunities while building wealth for our residents. So more to come on that.
1: Uh, Mayor of St. Paul, Melvin Carter, we appreciate the time today. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thanks so much for having me on. I was talking to a friend yesterday and I'm out of the phase of life where I'm hiring babysitters, right? My kids are older. Sometimes I think maybe I should hire a babysitter for that 16-year-old because I don't know what that kid is getting into when we're out of that. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> is it really that hard to hire babysitters? And... and Are... Gen X parents or boomer parents, are they not as willing to watch their grandkids as maybe a generation before was? I asked this because this friend I was talking to was lamenting the fact that he only goes to about the five same places over and over and over. And it's places that he feels like he can bring his one and a half year old and his four year old too. And I said, I'm like, well, why don't you hire a babysitter? He's like, I know, like, I don't know, like,
0: God.
1: I, I started babysitting when I was 11 for the kids who live across the street from me. I got paid whatever change was in the mother's pocket, it was a variable wage. <laughs> Both Seth and Sam have babysat. Sam is babysitting tomorrow night, 16-year-old. He's not a licensed teacher. He's not going to teach your kid sign language. He's not going to, you know, run like kind of, a, you know, a, a clinic on foreign affairs or
2: something. He doesn't have an au pair's license, license? Is that even a license thing? I don't, I don't know.
1: I think parents have become spazzes, right? Like, we're so worried about everything. That you can't just hire a kid to be a babysitter. There is a very simple job of a babysitter. Keep that kid alive until you you get home. That's it. That's the only job. If you're interviewing and going further than that, that's on you. It shouldn't be this hard. And it's so great, to, especially when you, oh, man, you parents of those young kids, you need it more than I do. You need to get out of the house. You need to go somewhere without that one year old, without that four year old. You need to have a conversation with your spouse that doesn't involve him. Ooh, how are you doing. Hey, look at the little baby. Where's your giraffe? What's that dumb giraffe that every kid has? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh. I hate that thing. Sophie. It's Sophie the Dr- parents know what I'm talking about. Get a babysitter. It's Thursday night. Get one for tonight. Just not just go down the street you live on and find a kid. <laughs> it's that simple. Doesn't need to be that hard. Dan's available. You're available tonight, right? Uh no, not tonight. This texture we love doing so much with our kids, we never wanted to go out without them. Oh. Oh. Oh no. We raised three kids, never hired a babysitter. Oh, my goodness.